0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike.
1: Luke chapter 9, verse 46, and a message titled Power Struggle. So the disciples have had a front row seat to some pretty amazing things. Of course, they've seen people healed. They've seen demons cast out. They've seen some of them got to see that the, the Holy Spirit follows a dove upon Jesus at his baptism. And, and And since then, it's been lepers cleansed and demons cast out and lame people walking. It's been pretty amazing. Last time we saw that his disciples were going up on a mountain and seeing Jesus transfigured, like everything went white, you know, his face shining like the sun, his clothes like lightning. I mean, pretty stark and amazing description of of what they got to see. And then the father speaking. Now, of course, those disciples were told, don't tell anybody. And so as they came down the mountain, kind of on this high of everything that had happened there up up on the mountain, they they find the other disciples struggling over this young man who is filled with a demon and not able to cast out this demon. And so Jesus, of course, rebuking his disciples, saying, you faithless generation, how long will I put up with you casting out the demon with a word? Now, as everybody was kind of celebrating the fact that this young boy had been delivered, now he's free, Jesus then, in just a really strange strange timing and strange way, turns to his disciples, and in verse 44 said this, Let these words sink down into your ears, for the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. But they did not understand this saying, and it was hidden from them, so they did not perceive it, and they were afraid to ask him about this saying. So this is the third time that Jesus had said something like this. The third time that Jesus was talking about him, his him going to the cross, and of course he didn't he didn't use that exact verbiage. But earlier on, he did give a a, even a more detailed description in verse twenty one, when it said he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying that the Son of Man must suffer the thing many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised the third day. And so what Jesus was preparing for was his real mission, his real mission. And yet this still wasn't the the whole story. The whole story was, you know, I'm going to you know die bury be raised again and then the holy spirit is going to outpour on the church and that's when they're going to be his witnesses and so he tells them not to tell anyone in fact even after his resurrection he said, say don't tell anyone but go into go to jerusalem and wait and they waited for 10 days until they received the holy spirit because without the holy spirit they couldn't be witnesses for him and so this is an interesting thing that jesus is telling them because he is telling them about the the true mission and the true purpose as to why he came to this earth. Not not to heal sick people, not to help all the hurting people, not to give everyone a better life, not to make life better for the world. And and I think that as we look at Jesus and coming into this world and all the things that he did, if his mission was to help all the helpless and to heal all the sick and to cast out the demons of everybody, if that was his purpose, then it's been utter failure so far. But that wasn't his purpose. What was his purpose? I guess that's the big question, because you look at the world and things are falling apart still. And as we even look at the world now, with everything that's happening in Ukraine and all the things that are happening around the world in the last two years of a pandemic and everything, everybody's been freaked out. What what was Jesus' real mission? And what is the purpose of all this? And why are we here? And what what's going on? Well, it's very simple, and, and actually, it, God didn't waste any time explaining to us what His plan was going to be, and that is found in Genesis chapter three, when when the serpent deceived the woman, Satan deceived the woman to to disobey God, and sin came into the world, and the man and the woman fell under the condemnation and and the bondage of slavery to the to the devil that God promised that he would send the seed of a woman, a virgin-born son, a male child, who would crush the head or the authority of the serpent, that he would release the bondage of slavery that man was brought under in the Garden of Eden, and that he, by his death, would pay for the death, Jesus being the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world, we read in Revelation chapter 13, that, that he would pay the penalty of death that was due on the day that Adam and Eve took the fruit off the tree and reconcile the scales of heaven as he hung on the tree and died in their place and in every single person's place who would say yes to Jesus. And so Jesus died for our sins. He took the penalty of sin and that was his purpose was to bear the weight of the sin of the world and that he would make a way for anyone who was willing, anyone who would say yes and receive him it tells in John chapter 1, verse 9, that to all that would receive him, he gives the right to become the children of God. And, and that's who we are once we've accepted Jesus Christ. And so why is the world still under the chaos of bondage right now? It's because he is patient. Not wanting any to perish. Wanting to see as many people get saved as will get saved up until the end of the age, which I believe is coming very, very soon. How many of you guys feel like we're getting there quickly? And, and, and as we head, head, run headlong into the end of the age, Jesus will come back and he will set up his throne and he will establish his kingdom and he will reign in righteousness. And we who are his church, it tells us in Romans chapter eight and in Revelations chapter two and three, we will rule and reign with him. We will inherit all things with him and we will rule and reign with him. It's crazy what he's promised us. And so the purposes of Jesus are very much different from the purposes of the disciples. And and as we look at all that He's done, it tells us in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, that He delivered us from the kingdom, or from the power of darkness, and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. As Satan has taken control of mankind in the Garden of Eden, and he has taken control of the earth, as, as the Bible tells us that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one, that the the ruler of this world will be judged someday and that he is at this time the God of this world, that Jesus is going to come back to conquer him and defeat him. But for now, anyone who calls upon his name can be saved. And that's where we stand. And so we accomplished all of that by dying on the cross for our sins and then rising from the dead because sin could not hold him. Unfortunately for the disciples and... And those who followed Jesus, they had no box to put this in. They had no file folder that said, the Messiah gets to die first. They, they had no way, no frame to frame this in, in any context of, of the theology that they believed. They just couldn't, they couldn't grasp it. They believed the Messiah was going to come and immediately set up his kingdom, immediately sit on the throne. And certainly Jesus could have done that, couldn't he have? I mean, all Jesus had to do was, you know, just like bust out what he busted out on the Mount of Transfiguration, you know, ah! you know, and like started shining like the sun. And he could have said, Okay, where's the throne? People could come and shoot at him. I guess the arrows back then. They, could, you know, shoot arrows at him and it would just go right through him. And he would just, you know, snap his fingers and everybody would die that was supposed to die. And I mean, all that stuff could have happened if he wanted it to go that way. But you no, know, he had a more important mission and that was to deal with. With our sin problem, and his disciples couldn't get that. And so because Jesus told them this and they couldn't understand what, what he was talking about, they just didn't, they didn't file it in any box, they just kind of dismissed it or held on to it maybe for later. We find out later that they remembered these things later on. But verse 46 says, "Then a dispute arose amongst them to which of them would be the greatest." Yeah, they didn't hear a thing that Jesus had just said, did they? Not at all. I I think sometimes that's how I am. Well, this is where I'm going, and you didn't hear a thing I just said, did you? Uh, you have kids like that? Yeah. Yeah, you hear a thing you just said. You have a husband like that? Maybe your wife's like that. And then you hear a thing you just said, you know... And, and, and I'm sure that they were pretty confident that they were headed for greatness. I mean, why, why else would Jesus pick them out of the multitude? I mean, there's 12 of them and there was a whole multitude and he picked those 12. So they must be pretty important. And that's how they probably viewed themselves to a degree. And, and of course, as, there, as, as there's 12 of them, you can't have everybody, not everybody's going to be the vice president, right? Not everybody's going to be a secretary of state. Not everybody's going to be an important cabinet member. Well, they'll all be important cabinet members, but some of them are going to be housing and nobody wants that job. And so, who's going to be vice president? And so, the question came up who's going to be the greatest out of the amongst us? Jesus, of course, is the greatest, but who's going to be number two? And, and, and where is the cream going to rise to the top and who's the cream? Well, I'm sure that James, Peter, and John already kind of figured, well, we're in that number because we got to go up on the mountain with him. We got to see things nobody else got to see. And he says, don't let anybody else know. So we're kind of, we got, we, we have intelligence, right? We have, we
0: have security clearance that nobody else has. So it's obviously us. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there.